Good evening and you're very welcome to yet another episode of the Women's National League podcast here on FinalWhistle.ie. My name, of course, is Brefney Early and joining me once again is the WNL show star, Aaron Clark. How are you, Aaron? How's your week been? Well, very good. It's been, been a hectic week, but listen, this is the, the highlight of a get to talk some football. What more can you want? Absolutely. Well, it's going to be a, a really jam-packed show tonight. We've got some great guests. We're going to speak to Noel King later in the show. Aaron caught up with him after that fabulous victory against Sligo Rovers, or I guess not against Sligo Rovers, we'll talk about that in a few moments, but that fabulous victory against Piemont at the weekend, 2-0 down in the first half, 3-2 up by half time. Uh, we'll hear from Noel's thoughts on that and maybe Aaron's thoughts later as well. But we're going to start in a couple of minutes. We're going to talk to Lisa Murphy of Bohemians, who have been on fine form uh, through the league campaign so far. They've already out pointed themselves from last year's performance. They're looking into a semi-final of the FAI Cup as well in a couple of weeks, and it's been all go. But Aaron, I suppose the game at the weekend, your thoughts on, on how that went down, uh, a 3-1 victory against Sligo? To be honest with you, you look at Sligo beating Shelburne the week before and you sort of think they're going to really put it up to Bowes. And, and Bowes, to their credit, they started they blisteringly and with the, with the three goals at halftime, the game was sort of, sort of dead and buried. For them, it was a case of just making sure they seen it out. And they'd be extremely disappointed with the second half performance they had. It was a bit of, a bit lackluster from them. They didn't kick on and probably could have pushed on further. Sligo pulled pull the goal back. And to both to Bo's credit, they'll be just happy to see them see their names in the semi-final half because you look at the last couple of years, they, they beat Athlone in the first round of the Cup. Then they lose to Cork. And they've never really got a bit of a Cup run. Great crowd on Daily Mount. The club offered free ice creams just to try and entice people in. So it was a great, great day for Bowes. Great result, and it just shows the four a bit of momentum, and it helps. They 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 put the recent loss to Wexford behind them with, with two cracking results: the league result against Shells and then the cup against Sligo. And Sean Bourne, Patrick, and Cole will be very happy. Sorry, I didn't hear anything you just said after free ice creams. Uh, in terms <laughs> of in terms of uh, the actual game, though, when we look at the actual game, we're going to talk to Lisa about it very shortly, but. Your opinion, just in terms of, of where we are, because Bowes would have been, I suppose, where Sligo are now in terms of maybe got a couple of wins together, a couple of kind of notable results through last season particularly. We won't talk too much about the first year, but the, last year they got themselves up and running, got 19 points in total last season. They've already hit a couple past that this year, but they've been solid. They've looked like they're in games this year. What's different about them? Is it just like extra year experience? Because... The players they brought in to a certain extent haven't played that much. Uh, Sinead Taylor's been on been on the injured list for the last few weeks. Um, Katie Bird has also missed Kira a bit Mar. of game time as well. Uh, Kira Mar and missed a bit of time as well. So, like they, they haven't had a full influx of players. A lot of it's the same group coming through. Yeah, a lot of it is. But then, you, but the thing is, you got to you got to think they have added some quality in that side. I'm not going to talk about the players who come in mid season, the likes of Neil Pryor and. Rachel Doyle, Alita Griffin, but like the look for me, the signing of this, for them of the window was getting Kira Bates Crosby from Wexford to start of the season, because uh, Kira started a couple of games for Wexford in the National League last year, it was superb. But I think for them, a a experience is is key. They've been able to, to do well even when they've had a lot of injuries, where maybe we'd have thought they'd have struggled massively when they've had a limited bench. But I think the their defense has probably been their biggest their biggest asset because they've managed to go from conceding buckets of goals left, right, and center to Conceding an awful lot less goals this season, and that's probably been their, their catalyst up front. They'll probably say they've still a lot of work to do. They probably should have scored a lot more goals than they have, but defence has been what's getting them a lot of these results. Well, speaking of that defence, it gives us a nice little segue 
to speak to someone who's at the heart of that defence this year at Dalyman Park. So I suppose now is as good a time as any to bring Lisa Murphy into the conversation. Lisa, very welcome Hi. to the show. Thank you very much. I suppose we might as well start uh, at the most recent outing um, in a very impressive season so far. Saturday's FAI Cup quarterfinal against Sligo Rovers. Uh, tell us, I suppose, your thoughts on, on the game and how it went. Um, so my thoughts on the game was actually we a lot of the players were so nervous before the game because the week before they had just beaten Chelsea, the league champion. So everyone was really nervous. So I was like, no, I'm not nervous. But deep down, I was really nervous. But I was trying to tell them I wasn't. Because <laughs> if I'm nervous, then they're nervous as well. So uh, <laughs> I was like to Rachel Kelly, um, it's your game. If a ball doesn't go behind you, that's it. We're in, like, we're going to win. Like, and I was like, it's all about you. But then we came into the game and the, we just pressed, pressed, pressed Abby Brophy on the wing. Unbelievable again. And uh, I'm delighted she got her goal. And then that was our game plan, just press, press, press. And we knew we could finish the ball, like if we get into the box and get them. And then, uh, yeah, so three goals in the fourth half. Very disappointed in the second half. Um, I was extremely disappointed in us because we knew we were better than that. It was like a total different team in the second half. We backed off. We let them come to us when we shouldn't have. But um, other than that, we were delighted with the win. What's it like playing in Daily Mount with, uh, I think I read something up, upwards of 700 people there watching you, screaming kids. What's it like? It's just unbelievable. It's a feeling of just them kids looking at you, knowing that's what they want to do. Like, there was a kid there the other day and her mum was doing the face painting. She's never kicked a ball in her life and has come over and was like, I want to join football. And, like, it's just that kind of stuff that makes you want to even go, like, it's the experience of it in itself is just amazing that you can influence a kid that has never even kicked a football to want to go on a pitch in itself is just amazing. In terms of, I suppose, the difference uh, between where you were last year and this year, how big a part of Daily Mount, how, how big a part does Daily Mount play in that? Because it. It, obviously, it's it's nicer going into a stadium. As good as the, the amateur league is up on the on the Oscar Trainer Road, it's just it's not quite the same, is it? Does it give that bit of extra gravitas? So going into Daily Mount, I believe, has made the most like impacted thing for Bowers in itself, ladies' team. Because when you go in and play in Daily Mount, you're playing against people that are paying or you're playing like what people are watching you that are playing it painting. And, like, you have to perform in front of them. Like, you feel liable for that, like, that you should be performing in front of your home fans. And then the fact that you're in a stadium, the pitch, you're in the home of football, like, like you're in that stadium where legends have played. So when you walk on that pitch, it's like you have to become a better person because... There's no way you're walking off that pitch and you played a bad game because you don't want to play a bad game in Daily Mount because every game in Daily Mount, it's like sacred. Well, it's sacred to me anyway. Every time I walk on that pitch, I don't want to come off that pitch if I'm a loser. It's just, you want where legends have played, you want to be one of those. Like, 
You sound like a promotional video. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> frankly, frankly, just in terms of like to back up Lisa's point, like I went to Shells games last year and when they're in the Oscar Shrine and you're looking, there's nobody there. But yet they're in Daily Mount and you see kids there, families there, people who, who you may never have seen at a women's national league game, all of a sudden they're coming out, the flags are out, you've got the you now they're walking out of the tunnel, you've got the little kids waving the post flags, things like that. And it's small little things I think the girls now appreciate because you even see with, with the other clubs that played in the National League stadiums, music coming out onto the pitch. You know, it's the small little things, and I think that sort of helps with girl with the with the with the women's teams that to bring them on if they they feel they're valued in, in that sort of circumstance. Well, absolutely, and I, I just jump in on that. I think I think having the facilities there, you've got the bars, you've got the shop. I'm not sure if they open a, a, if, there's a chip, chip, if there's a chip fan or not there on the night, but. But there's plenty of opportunities to bring the kids. You can sit down, you can relax, you can have a bit of space in the stadium. It's it's so much better to to have those facilities. And I can only see there's a positive for the for the league going forward, uh, to be able to kind of use those kind of facilities. I know the Stoke Shamrock Rovers coming in next year. If that's based in Tala, that's going to be a, a game changer again for for um for the club. In terms of the the actual football though, Lisa, this year. Um, some new faces. We mentioned a couple of them in the in the introduction of yourself in the dressing room this year. Um, what is it about Bose that is now attracting players from rival clubs, whether they're Wexford or DLR? You've signed players from in recent weeks and months. I I think a big part of it is they can, they can see we're competitive now. So you don't want to come to a club that isn't performing like that's the last place you want to go isn't it you, and especially you don't want to sit on a bench with a team that's not performing because you still have to get into the team um, it, in bowls it's not you come and you walk into the pitch and I think a few of the girls have now realised that, that they actually have to work to get on that pitch and then you have to keep the jersey like with Sean and Pat it's you're borrowing the jersey and you have to give it back, like, and for you to keep that jersey, it's, it, you have to compete, like, you have to be competitive, and I think that's probably the major part where they want to come now, and, um, they're very, Pat and Sean are very fair, if you are performing every single week, you're going to keep your jersey, and I think that's a big thing with some of the girls that have chem, that they know if they perform, they're going to keep their jersey. I think that's a that's a that's a very val, that's a very valid point, and I think from from your look at, at the likes of Bowes, like even for yourself, you've had to you've moved positions this year because of play, maybe players not necessarily being there to f- fulfil them, and like I think you've come in at the centre half and you've just looked so reassured, Ethan, because you've had different people play with you throughout the season, and it's it seems to be the likes of yourself and Rachel Kelly are the two rocks at the back. How do you how do you adapt? You know, when you're swapping different centre back partners. Some weeks, some weeks you have the same one. How do you adapt to that? I think it, I I have to. So we'll train during the weekend. I'll kind of figure out who's in centre half with me or whatever, and then I'll adapt to them because they know how I play. So they're kind of like going by how I play. But every centre half that comes in with me are amazing in themselves. Like Katie, lovely, unbelievable. When I had Kira Mar, she was unbelievable too. So the players that are coming in are unbelievable players. So. They're going to do a job back there with me anyway, so I it doesn't really make a difference when they're coming back because I trust them, and when they're beside me, it's fine. Yeah, of course. Um, it's another trip down the the, the road. Sligo made the journey to Daily Mount last week. Uh, 
you make the return journey this week, although it's for league action this time. Um, take much out of last week's result, or is it a clean slate? What's the plan? Because Sligo as well have, have a decent setup, decent stadium, get a reasonably good crowd for WNL figures, maybe three or four or five hundred at most of their games. They make a bit of noise. Um, what's the outlook for the weekend? I think we go with a clean slate every single week because. And what I've noticed in this Women's National League, anything can happen in this season, absolutely anything. So uh, we'll go down to Sligo and we'll play to our best abilities and let's hope we get the results we want. <laughs> I want to take you back a little bit, Lisa, just because you're talking about a clean slate there. And like previous seasons, maybe you'd have gone to the clubs like Wexford away, took a bad defeat, and you sort of just walk away, ah, what can you do? But like I think this year's probably shows the difference in the mentality with the fact that you go to Wexford and lose, and you can see how much it's upsetting or it's disappointing compared to previous years. Is that and is that where the mentality changes this year has changed in both? Because you you know you talk about the clean slate. Sometimes players might have hung on to a defeat or they made it hung on to a bad performance for a couple and it affects them for a couple of weeks. Um, I I do believe though if you get beaten that. You have to feel that emotion because when I come home, my fella doesn't even stand in my way. He's like, I'm not talking to her for about a week. So, so I'm, I'm the worst person. But um, I do believe that you have to change. So going into the next week's game, you can't hold the other week's game that you've lost or got trashed in. Um, I think you have to move on. But I do believe you do need a bit of emotion because if you don't feel that emotion and you don't want to feel like that again, then you really you won't care going into every game. And if you get beaten, um, it's just another game, isn't it, if you don't feel that emotion in itself. So I do believe you have to feel that emotion, but also, yeah, you have to let things go as well that I've learned off anyway. <laughs> you mentioned family there, and you mentioned people in your life, and I suppose one of the unique things that you bring to the league, we were trying to do a quick head count beforehand, we couldn't come up with many names. Uh, you're... A mother, you have a child, um, and it's it's quite unique within the league to have someone who's reached that stage in their life still playing at the elite level of sport and still being one of the key parts of a team at the elite level of sport. How tough of a balance is that? Um, for the first season, I found it very difficult um, because I was only getting used to things. I was late for training. Sean Bourne used to be like, go mad at me. Like, I used to be late constantly. Um, but then... You just learn that now I'm a half an hour early for training, so things, some things change. <laughs> um, so I do think, like, you, do you know what? I came back to play football because, one, I wanted my son to watch me play football. I, I gave it up. I didn't want to come back playing Women's National League around. I just played for the local team, Kilmore or something like that. And um, I was like, do you know what? I'll come back, let him see me. And it's like the best feeling in the world when he comes up because he watches me from the stands. Like, and so one thing I can take out of it is that he has watched me, and I think that was my goal. And it's just the most amazing feeling ever, like in the world, to watch him up in the stands, knowing that he's watching me. You get to be a hero for that ninety minutes if you're not when you're sending him to bed that evening. Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely not to hear about <laughs> after after it comes after that match. I'm definitely I'm the villain. <laughs> it, it's definitely it's funny because you just see our little young fella just be with the different players of a player's injured or something. He's always sitting there with the, with them, and as soon as the full time whistle goes, he's either 
wherever Lisa is, if she's in the dressing room, he's quick to run to run. It, ju it just shows, you can see in this little post jersey as well. And it's it does be amazing to see because you're always trying to inspire the next generation. Like I bring my little sister to many, many National League games with me and, you know, she gets to know the people who are there and I'm starting thinking, you're next, you can do what I do next, you know? And I think we're all just trying to inspire the next people to keep growing the game the game in Ireland. It's great to see, you, you know, we, we, we mentioned, I think, Trish Fanley Hunt is another one. There's not many in the league and it's something that maybe over time as the league grows, we may see more, like we see it in other sports, you know, but we don't see it as much in the National League and it's, it's something that hopefully will grow because there's no doubt that people have a lot when when they have when they have children they can still come back and play at a little level and Lisa Shonda. What kind of yeah I suppose my, my question will be sorry I'm waffling now but my question will be along the lines of like what does that role in your life bring to the football side of things? Like does it make you more patient at times maybe with people making mistakes around you? Does it make you better to relate with that maybe that young girl that's just come into the dressing room for the first time and is a little bit scared and you can just kind of put an arm around her and kind of go Come on, we'll take care of you. You're gonna do your warm up with me or whatever. Like, what what's the main addition that that you would have learned from that whole aspect of your life to bring I to think, pitch? Like, I'm Mammy Lisa or the Granny Lisa. That's what they all call me. So, like, um, I don't think I'm the, the. I can be the one that like is the mammy that'll push you. Like, I want the best help here, so I'm not hands around you saying oh you'll do better the next time I'm like no that wasn't really good enough you need to push on now so I'm that kind of mommy and the girls will all say it. I'm like Karen on the pitch I'll go mad if you're making mistakes but they're all still my best friends and like Jackson says Jackson would be like they're all my mommy like last week it was his fifth birthday and the only thing he wanted for his birthday was all the girls to sing happy birthday to him so that's it like in, in itself, like, so even when um, Aaron was saying there, like the girls are like, oh, he can sit with me this week if he wants, like if they're injured, like, so it's like, it Bose is like a big family and that's his little family. And he's so comfortable around all the girls. It's just amazing in itself. And me being <laughs> the mammy figure of the group, um, yeah, they'd all kind of slag me. Rachel, now Rachel Kelly be the worst now. She would call me granny of the group and all, like, and give me, give me dogs abuse, like. But uh, we won her last night in training, so she wasn't too happy my group won her. So uh, <laughs> she definitely, she definitely didn't went home a, uh, a happy camper yesterday. <laughs> I think that just shows, Brefney, you know, like, you have to have this, this great camaraderie running in that group. And I think that's probably something that's helped them push on an awful lot this year. There's maybe at times last year, maybe at times last year you could see that there was different some little different fractions with different types of groups of players. Where now you can see that they're much closer together this year, and it's probably evident on the pitch an awful lot. You're gonna cause trouble now. Gonna get us all in trouble, Aaron. With some of the the in stories that you're observing uh, in terms of the season ahead. Obviously, we've already talked about how you've exceeded last year's points total into the semi final of the cup. I believe for the first time. Um, What's the hope? Is, a, is there a cup final here? Is there a, a higher place finish in the league? What's the hobby success for, for Bowes for this season? Um, I definitely 100% think we can get into the cup final. I know we have shells and I know they're league champions and all. But I do I do honestly believe the bunch of girls that are with Bowes this season, have, I have no doubt they can get into a cup final if 
if they push themselves and really want to. And we all know on, on cup matches, anything can happen. Absolutely anything. So we're hoping that it comes in their favour um, and we push on and get to the cup final. And then with the league finish, I think uh, we definitely, definitely need to be pushing up on the league um, 110%. I don't think... Now, um, I think about four weeks ago now in your podcast, uh, Bethany, you told us that we're, that's where we should be now. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's where Bowes technically should be. I think we should. And I hope to prove you wrong that we're up in that league 110%. I absolutely love the taste of humble pie. I've been eating it all season. Uh, but no, I, I think at the at the time, I probably it was probably what I honestly thought. Uh, in terms of one thing before you go, that shells blip over the couple of weeks. Has that taken a bit of the gloss off them in terms of maybe um, that little bit of fear that you talked about that teams have, where it's like, well, actually, if Sligo can go beat them, if no one can take a point off them, there's no reason why we can't do that. Um, I think. I think. Shelled in themselves like Noelle Murray. I think she's one of the best players I've played against in my life. Her skill, everything about her, she's just unbelievable. And then Gemma Queen that finished. And then Pearl, like you have to be, you always have to be respect them because they are league champions and always respect them how good of a player they are. But I don't think you can be afraid of a player because I think. If you're afraid, that's you're really done at the beginning of it. So I do think we will go in and we will respect them, but we won't give them too much respect because at the end of the day, it's a ninety-minute game, and um, we can we if we push and we keep pushing ourselves, we can do it. That's what I believe. Um, if you're afraid of anyone in this world, I think that's a problem because then you're never going to um, achieve what you want to achieve. Absolutely. Well, listen, I'm sure it's going to be an exciting time over the weekend as you take that trip down to Sligo uh, to face a repeat of last week's clash in the league this time. Lisa, thanks for joining us this evening. The very best luck to you the weekend and for the rest of the season. And I'm sure we'll be chatting to you and your teammates later in the year. Thanks so much, Bethany and Aaron. Cheers, Lisa. Lisa Murphy there. Um, great to chat to her. I, I didn't know too much about her before we started kind of researching her for this week's show, but um, yeah, she's a great personality, great, great character, but she brings an awful lot of that to the pitch as well, just in her application. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think the, the biggest thing about her, you'd have to say, is that Sean Borgatella, Sean Borgatella playing goal, and you'd say, yeah, give me a pair of gloves. That's the sort of attitude she has. It's just like, yeah, what do you need? What do you want me to do? How, how can I help you? How can I help improve the team? Or, and I think that I, I like that about her. I think, you know, you can see works hard, works hard and puts in a good effort and even the way she spoke, you know, it's seen it. I think we, we've tend to get it this year, get a bit of a different side out of people where maybe the short post game stuff and, you know, opens up a little bit. I, I like that. I think, I think she's, she's one of the, the good, good characters in the league. And I think as we'll see a little bit more of her, as she, as she continues to come out of her shell. Absolutely. I don't think there's no shell there left to get out of over the next couple of years. But in terms of the show, we're going to clog on with the, the rest of the, uh, Games that were played last weekend, and of course, you see them at the bottom of the screen there. Nope, that's the fixtures. Well done, Breffney. 
the oh, I've messed up. They're all the fixtures this weekend. Well done, Breffney. You messed that up completely. Anyway, moving swiftly on. The games last weekend. We're going to finish with the Shells game. Let's talk about Athlone Corp. Athlone 2, Corp nil. Um, kind of as you'd expect. Is that fair to say? Yeah, Corp made them work. Corp made them work for it. Corp just, you know, they didn't go and just roll over, which is expected to be. But in terms of Athlone, you would always said going into that, Athlone would have been would have been hefty favourites and in the end, their their bit of their bit of additional class work ran out for them with a, a comfortable enough two 0 win. Tommy, you will be absolutely delighted with a home gem, home semi final draw in the cup. I think the biggest thing for anybody in the cup at the moment is the likes of them. They'd have been they, no disrespect to Bowes. Um, everybody was saying give us Bowes. Nobody would have been. Nobody was saying give us Athlone because Athlone have caused havoc with every team with every team. And Wexford going to Ferry Carrick Park won't be easy. And I think for Athlone they're just. They're, they're tipping away nicely. They they got a good couple of results out the back of that Shelburne draw where they, they were very bitterly disappointed. But yeah, it was a good win for Athlone. Um, disappointed for Cork. This season is really petering out at the moment. Haven't really kicked on the way Danny Murphy would have liked to. Players being absent as well doesn't help uh, players going back to America. Yeah, but how much could you really have expected it to? Like He came in towards the end of the transfer window there's not a lot of movement in the transfer window anyway at the best of times. There's no money to attract players and the form isn't exactly the form you'd want to follow. Like, where Cork, I know we had Danny on the show a couple of weeks ago and he was very po- positive about what we, the impact that was going to have on but I think even the most optimistic person would have thought it's next season where we might see the benefit of, of his involvement and where he talks to girls maybe who've elected not to play with Cork for whatever reason this year to get them back in the fold for next year. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and I think for him, the the this season, providing they can keep him next season, is is about just identifying the players that he wants to keep and the player that he wants to maybe maybe make changes to and move move positions and stuff like that. But you also have to look at the likes of Becky Casson's missed an awful lot of football for them and since since Danny's come in as well, that's a big leader for them in the middle of the park, and they've. They just haven't had that chance to have that proper run of run of things. I think for them, they would have been hoping to get into a cup semi final. But now, they'll just be trying to plug away, see what they can get out of the league. If they can get a couple of results, great. But I think you're right. I think a lot of his planning is probably switching now to next season already. Yeah, of course. Just to keep things above board, Myrne Devaney opened the score after 65 minutes, and Gillian Keenan with the second 10 minutes from time in that particular game. We moved down south to Wexford. And what a game this was. DLR scored early. Katie Malone opened the score and uh, Nicholas Sinek got an equaliser. And then the second half, it all just kicked off. Two red cards for um, for DLR, they managed, including for the goalkeeper, Eve Badana, which is always going to be a struggle for them. Um, Mia Dodd, of course, getting the first one. Ellen Malloy and Kira Oster with late goals, very late goals. DLR almost held on, but you kind of would have fancied um, Wexford to win the shootout anyway had it gone that far. So... I think Wexford were always on a winner once Badana got sent off for the second uh, red card of the game. Yeah, I'm sort of hoping they could do a, a, Shell, a Shell's men deal or when, when, when they get Stroud in the playoff a couple of years ago when they got at the penalties when nine players. And well, it was just, it was, it's the problem is, is when you're up against quality, it's always going to be hard with 11 v 11. Then when you go down to 10, it's, it's even more difficult than nine. It's sort of, it's extremely difficult. And I think for, for Graham Kelly, He'd be proud of so I just gave it they gave their all even with going down to nine. He'd be he'd be hoping they'll be hoping that there's not much of a ban that comes out of maybe it's only the one game ban for the likes of Ethan Dan and 
Mia Dodd. It's strange to see it's strange to see Mia Dodd being sent off as well for a straight red card. I actually haven't seen the red card. I seen the Eves one, and you could say I don't I think it is a red card. There was a player trying to come back, but I think it was a red card. And for them, it's it's a bit of a misery because it's a bit of a misery with their lord. The form isn't great at the moment, and going one up against Wexford down in Wexford, you'd be thinking. Let's try. Let's try see this out. But the old, the old, the old horse who, who seems like it's cropping up lately. Nicholas Sinner pops up again with another goal. Ever consistent. Old, you can't call her an old horse. She'll never speak to me again. <laughs> ever consistent though, Brefton. Absolutely ever consistent. Yeah, she's um, fantastic player. You know, always, always there, thereabouts, and you, you, you just can't commend her enough for what she's still doing with Wexford. She likes herself, Kylie Murphy, and then even with the with the young guard, it's. It's wet. Wexford, they love the cup. That's the thing about them. They love the cup. You, you just have to look back even last year and everybody wrote them off in the final against Shelburne and look what they've done. And they'd be just happy just to get into another semi final. But it's that GA background that a lot of those players down in Wexford have. It's everywhere else too, but there just seems to be that kind of championship fever that comes into them when it comes to the cup games. Uh, they'll be quite happy at Trip to Athlone in that semi final. Not the worst draw they could have got. I suppose they would have been looking for a home game, but it is what it is. And I suppose then the last game of the weekend last week, um, we've heard about games of two halves. This was a half with two games almost. Uh, second half, very little happened, really. It was all about the first 45 minutes in Talca Park. Uh, P-Mounts 2-0 up. And I'll be honest, I actually started doing other things. And it was only afterwards, about 20 minutes into the second half, when someone texted me and said... Have you seen what's going on here? I think it might have been even you texting me um, on Saturday afternoon. I had turned off the game and turned it back on. I was like, going, where did this come out of? It looked like the least likely final score after about 20 minutes that I've ever seen in a game in my life. Yeah, they were just cut apart. They were just cut apart. Alana McAvoy with two, with two goals. First one is a long ball forward and she just raced in behind the defence and pops it pops past the keeper. Second one. Poor pass from Heather O'Reilly gives it to her and she she loops it over Amanda Amanda Budden can't blame Budden for where she was positioned in it because it was a it was a really poor pass that that gifted the ball to her at that stage and then you look at you started thinking for shells if they can I, I was I was watching the game with um Jesse Stapleton's father and I sort of said if they not they didn't have to score in the first half I said they just need to create some chances because they they weren't creating much in fairness though they probably could have pulled one back after they went one 0 down. I don't know. If, I don't know what your opinion is at the MSR effort that come off the crossbar. I think it was across the line from what. Well, I didn't have a good view of it. I only had was going by the the camera, but I it, thought it, it was from, went across the line. from watching it back. I thought it was, but when they when they got one back, you could see shells just they just grabbed the momentum and they they went forward. For me, Gemma Quinn has just been absolutely unbelievable in the last six to eight weeks since she got that start against Tree United down there where she scored a hat trick. Come on, leaps and bounds, and you can see why Noel is now using her in big games and trusting her. Scored an absolute peach of a header, and then the second goal she scored, which was the third goal, was a curler with the outside, with the inside of the right foot, right into the top corner. Neither Burke couldn't do anything about it. And we thought we we've mentioned Jess Gargan multiple times on this show throughout the season. Ever consistent, makes a run up from from right back, finds herself in the middle of the box with a headed headed effort into to for the equaliser. And I think for Shells it was, you know, they were delighted with it, but. It was one of the most intense games of football in terms of the first half that I've seen in the National League for a long, long time. It was action-packed. The second half sort of drifted out a good, drifted out a bit. You're right, there wasn't a lot of chances created. And 
it, it sort of petered out to where you knew it was for the last maybe last 10 15 minutes that it was going to be a shells 3 2 win. But great comeback for shells considering what happened in the last week previous. I think it was it was definitely the response that Noel King got from his side. Got from his side. Yeah, I suppose Piedmont had a, a couple of years where they dominated everything. Um, I'm thinking maybe three, four or five years ago, they were they were the team to beat. Was Saturday's result and performance in particular kind of a, a proper passing of the guard to Shells where it's like, okay, you're top dogs now. You're you're the uh, you're the best team in the country at the moment. I get where you're coming from with that. And the, the, the interesting thing is, like, I was stood, I started with post-game stuff, it's a little bit stood on the pitch in Talker Park, so I was stood a little bit between the Shells total and the P-Mount total, and you could hear James sort of telling the players, listen, you know, they don't seem to be playing with the freedom that he wants as well, and maybe it is a change in the guard, they just they just realised we've had a couple of bad beatings against, against Shelburne recently, but you could see some players maybe were more dejected than, dejected than others, and I think for P-Mount, while Shelburne have got the momentum over them the last couple of games, there is times where P-Mount can just, if they take their chances, they could come around and beat Shelburne. I think for them personally, they'd be they'd be disgusted that they, they let the two-goal lead slip because when they went 2-0 up, they looked comfortable enough for, for, for periods and until Shell scored. And like the big one for me is you're chasing the game and you're still leaving Karen Duggan in centre-back and you're, you're chasing a goal. I would have liked to see maybe at that stage a push Karen into the middle of the park and try to get her onto the ball, spray a couple of passes left and right. But potentially it is a case that we don't know how long some of the older guard and P-Mount have left. But the same question can be said to Shelburne. We don't know how long the likes of Noel Murray, Rachel Graham, Pearl Slattery have left to them. So we could. The, the, the problem is, is we could see a mass exodus of some really experienced players there at the end of the season. And then it could be a case of who's got the better youth to come and fill the... Fill the, fill the positions to, to push on for the next couple of years. Yeah, you mentioned Heather O'Reilly and the mistakes she made, and I don't want to get into um, criticising individuals, but let's talk for a second about that whole situation. Like, she's come out of retirement. She hasn't kicked a game, a ball uh, competitively in a couple of years. Like, was the fanfare a little bit much in terms of what she's produced on the pitch so far? I saw glimpses avoided on it. I saw glimpses. I think it's going to be before you'll see anything. See, the problem is the, the, the problem is we don't know how good she's going to get back to where, where she was. There's no doubt about it. She's got a couple of gears to go. She's got she's definitely got her physical fitness at the moment. We can see that. But the football fitness is, isn't necessarily where it needs to be at this stage. So it's going to take her a couple of weeks. They'd be delighted at the fact they have a game this weekend as well before they had the Champions League to give her more minutes. But there's no doubt she's not as sharp as once was we all know that will she get back there that's the million dollar question if she gets back there shells could have a gem in her hands if she doesn't she'll still be a decent national league standard player and then the fanfare off the pitch because you look at the handed out posters at the weekend of heather o'reilly where players where fans could go and get them signed to her credit she's still there and she's still there with any kid who wanted a photo and an autograph offer after the game, and she seemed to enjoy it playing with her kids on the on the pitch as well. So she's having fun, which is which we could see as well. But it's difficult to it's difficult to assess. It'd be one to maybe assess in a couple of weeks to see what, what sort of level she's going to be at. Well, that's my next question: is will she be there in a couple of weeks? Like, if shells don't progress through the Champions League group next week and the week after, is there a chance the header might just pack her bag and say thanks for the couple of weeks? It's been great. 
uh, you might feel like a star again, and I'm just gonna off into the into the sunset. Like, I think if she stays to the end of the season, I think it's a great move from Shells. Yeah. If she's if she's gone the week after the European Games, I think it's it's a it's poor form, particularly given the poor form she's been in. If that makes sense, do you know what I I think. I think I think there's some Irish in her somewhere, as far as I know. So I think that's me with Heather O'Reilly. But I think not. she may look at spending the couple of months here, and because she seems to be going off. If you look at her social media, going and seeing different things as well in Ireland, and she she's getting letting the kids experience it as well. I personally, I would I I think she I hope she is, and I think she's there for the season, rest of the season, rather than just there for Champions League and, and gone because. It'd be an awful shame if that was if that was the case. But that's what I mean. So it's just a strategy of. Where is the league going? We're losing a lot of players, young, good young players. Um, we might talk about it in depth. Maybe we'll get a few guests on, have a chat about it, maybe one of the later shows uh, in the series. But listen, it is where we are at the moment. But you did catch up with Noel King after the game on uh, on Saturday. Do you want to introduce this video? Yeah, he was he was he was he was pleased. You could see the smile on his face. He talked a lot about the underage academy because there was a photo went on social media where eleven of the players going to Champions League would have come through the Shells Academy, and you can see that he takes pride in the work that Casey McQuillan has done in the last couple of years. He is no. No, two 0 down after ten minutes. You must have been thinking, oh no. But <laughs> what a turnaround, you said. What a turnaround. But strangely enough, I thought we started well, and then uh, to concede two early goals against Piedmont, you're saying, oh my God, this is a problem. But it wasn't a problem for the girls. They, their character, they were, they were hungry to win. They were talented enough to win it, and they were brilliant. You know, I don't want to single anybody out, but because it was a team performance all the way through. Um, great, great. Great result. But even when you when you do go 2 0 down, yeah, you, you have a chance after the first goal to, to equalise Emma Starr comes off the crossbar. Some people say it's over the line. I have from where we were, not sure, but like even straight away from the kickoff after going one 0 down, you responded instantly. Yeah, well I think that's the best thing about it. We have struggled a little bit. We've been not struggled, we've I don't know what the word is, but we haven't been firing on full cylinders. And today we are back. We are back the way we had been maybe three weeks ago prior to prior to the results that went a little bit against us. So it's a great boost to beat Piemont like this and to go another two weeks to go to Europe and hopefully that'll win it. But first of all, we have to do Limerick in the league. Hopefully. Talk to me a little bit about that slump because you're looking, you know, the first game against Athlone, a late penalty gets back in, then a nil-all draw against both. But even to, to, to score twice against Sligo and then be pegged back, it must have been, that must have been one that you're most disappointed about. <laughs> yeah, we weren't playing badly. You know, tough games against Bowles, tough games against Atlanta were second in the league at the time, so a draw there was a decent result. But when you put them all together, you say, Well, we've just got two points out of eleven. Out of nine. And that's that's not that's not us at all. So I'm so happy today in relief for the girls because we know that they're a good team and I think everybody rode in, the subs came on and acquitted themselves really well as well. So it's it's looks well for the future. I know you say you want single players out, but Gemma Quinn scored a hat-trick against Treaty just after the break and she looks as though she's come on tenfold since that game and you even seen it today, two world-class finishes, two superb yeah. finishes. Brilliant, she is brilliant, she's come as a, not rock, I know Gemma all, all my life actually, I know her when she was a young girl, uh, a great character, to do or die, she leads by example and I think her enthusiasm and, and determination rubs off on the group and now she's starting to score goals, so <laughs> you know, it's 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 great for her. I'm delighted for her. She took a chance to come from from a comfort zone, if you like, uh, in Colester, and she's come and done the business. And she's you know full height of respect for. Her. This season, you, we've seen maybe compared to last year, where a lot more youth has got a lot more chances in, in big games, big times in particular. And you must be impressed with how some of the young players who have come on. 
they're going to learn, you know, a lot of young kids again, come on 16, come on Leah, Aoife, and, and didn't look out of place, and you know, to show the confidence in them, because this is, this is a match where running out of, running out of steam, and I think we, we on, the, on the bench, Joey and Kieran, we had a chat, and we showed confidence to bring them on, and they delivered, and that's how they'll progress, really good talent, the academy has done amazing work there, um, so, you know, the future looks really, really good, Casey in the, in the academy course is a, is ruling the roost there. Seen a picture there midweek, 11 players of your squad that'll go to the Champions League have all come through the Shelburne Academy. Like We see when National League players tend to come from different clubs, but to have nearly almost 50% of your squad coming through the Academy, it's, it's a massive achievement. It's a massive achievement, the club deserves respect and Casey McQuillan deserves a height of, of, of congratulations over, as do all these coaches. It just doesn't happen with one person, as you know. Uh, it's like... A, it's just one, one after the other, after the other, after the other coming in and raising the standards and raising the challenges. Cup semi-final to look forward to. We don't know the other two teams in the, in the group in the semi-final yet. Bows have got there, got there with a win earlier, but you'll be, you'll take anybody in the draw. You'll probably just be looking for a home draw. Well, P-Mount aren't in it. <laughs> probably paired us against Wexford now, but we'll see. We'll see where it goes. It's great to be there, and we'll deal with that in our own time uh, when it comes. Well, he's uh, looking forward to dealing with that in the, in his own time, as he says himself. Um, your thoughts on on the draw? He thought, he mentioned briefly there. He predicted Wexford didn't quite materialize materialize like that, though. No, it didn't. And normally, it's a case that they they have to go through a couple of difficult ones. And yeah, it's it's. I think whoever whoever was going to get anybody at that stage in the cup, the way things have gone this season, probably nobody can fear nobody. Shells went to Shells recently, got a point. Athlone haven't picked up a result against Wexford yet, but they've pushed and been close a couple of times late goals. So I think it's 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 going to be a hard to call semi finals. The fact that they're a good couple of weeks away, there's a good there's international football, there's a good bit in between, and I think it's it's just going to be whichever sides go in with a bit of momentum will 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 put themselves in in the firm driving seat for them semi finals. Absolutely. Well, of course, uh, momentum is what it's all about. And if we take a quick look at the league table as it stands at the moment, Shell's currently top of that by five points from Wexford, although they do have a game more played. Athlone one point behind with Piedmont three points behind Athlone. And then, again, we're looking at that kind of almost step, uh, three or four point step between every single team uh, all the way down to Sligo Rovers in eighth place. So it's there's kind of a nice kind of structure and a ranking there that, that's really kind of panned out across the season uh, but as we look to that obviously we're going to be looking at the uh the games that have taken place this weekend um which are as follows and you see them here i oh, know i've i tried that before it didn't work i'm not going to try it again i think but that is the thing i think that is the fixture i think you just put a vote before because both are playing we can i can call them out if you want breath no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll get them here i'll just a quick little change and then uh, we can do this on the fly so they are the fixtures, of course. Yeah, no, go. they're not. No, it's Bows and Shells. It's last week. Yeah, yeah that's last. I have them. I have this them is, here. This is the fixtures. I just have results on the, at the start of it. Uh, I was just in, in a rush before we started. But anyway, uh, in terms of the actual game this week, it is uh, kicking all, all kicking off with a couple of repeats of last week's cup fixtures. Sligo and Bows, they'll meet in the showgrounds this time. Uh, they've already played there once this season, and uh, it's back to the showgrounds for Bohemians. Uh, Shells, they will play 3D United. Uh, both those games kick off at 2 p.m. While DLR Waves and P-Mount will do battle at 4. Cork City and Athlone, that's another repeat of the Cup game last week. Uh, again, reversed. It's down in Cork this time in terms of cross at 5 p.m. While the big one of the weekend is Galway against Wexford. 
and that's live on TG Car just after half seven on Saturday evening. Your pick for uh, game of the week? Probably the two games of the DLR Waves and Piemont and then the Galway and Wexford game. For me, if I was to pick one, probably will be Galway Wexford late start late start Saturday evening. It'll be it'll be an, it'll be a, a very good encounter. I suspect it, it'll be nip and tuck between them. The only concern is Galway being at home and these sort of games. I don't tend to fancy them at home. They're looking to get a big crowd. They put a lot of advertising in it with the TG Car cameras there as well. I think Galway have a great, Galway have a decent record on TG Car as well, which which helps. And they'll be looking to try and extend that. But Wexford should come out on top, and I think that's probably my game of the weekend. The DLR P Mount one is. Is, is interesting because if DLR don't get a result and both do, that was a leap from them. Although they will have the game in hand, DLR waves. That will be the first time in a long in, in a long time this season that Bowles have got ahead of them, and that just that that speaks volume about the momentum that Bowles have at the moment for DLR. It's it's a bit of draw or lose lately. It's not it's not many wins in the last six league games. Yeah, DLR finished twenty points clear of Bowles last year in last year's league table, and now as you said. Depending on how results go next week, Bowes could be a point ahead at the end of play on, on Saturday evening. And that kind of speaks volumes about maybe both teams in terms of where they've been and how they've gone this year. It just hasn't really worked for DLR. And I was tipping them for big things at the start of the season. Well, like if you also look at the fact, though, Brethany, if, if Wexford is successful against against Galway on Saturday and Bowes win, Bowes will be three points behind Galway. You know, that closed that gap massively as well. And that just that just shows you how much they've come on and the, the cup win against Galway while Galway had a lot of chances in the previous years, but Bowles wouldn't have done that. Like games against P Mount, they, they'd have been when they're one when they're one nil up in, in, in PRL Park, these last season, season before they can see two or three late goals and they lose three one. That's the difference this year to them. And I think other teams, other teams around them, like we've talked a bit about Sligo last week and Sligo being good at home, maybe away from home they haven't been as good. But like they've beat they've beat shells shells and Wexford in 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 showgrounds as well, which which just shows and it's 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 one of them that any result this weekend could surprise us. The only one that I would say that won't probably surprise us shells shells will win comfortably against Treaty United. But every other result, anything can happen in the games. That's the the fun of the national league. Yeah, it's been really fun watching it this week. Hope you've had fun watching us this week. Uh, we were going to talk about Shell's European games, but we might wait until next week, just on the, v, the eve of those particular encounters. So uh, we'll chat to uh, them about that for next week's show. But Aaron, thank you so much for joining me again. To Lisa Murphy, who joined us in the early part of the show, uh, and to those of you that stuck around, and obviously Noel, you spoke to as well. So uh, thanks very much. It's been another week. It's episode 21 in the can. Um, Aaron, we catch up with you next week, maybe. See you next if week. If, if you're still talking to me, because <laughs> yeah. we, be we, we seem to have fallen out with everybody else with what we've said tonight. So <laughs> I, got, I got it was nice for me to be the one getting my hand slapped this week. Me getting it off, Tommy. You a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, absolutely. But listen, at least we know somebody's watching. We're not doing it in vain. Thanks very much, Devin, for joining. In. We'll be back with you next week, nine o'clock on Wednesday as we have been for the last two weeks now that that other show has got off the air and the entire population of the country can get back to normal living. We'll touch it next week. <laughs>